Welcome everybody to the JK Sports Podcast. I am Juan. And I'm Kyle. And we are uh, back. We are, this is year one, episode two. A lot. A lot. <laughs> oh, yes, I guess just If it's two. one year, it's probably like year, the second Year two, episode, episode two. Yeah, maybe Double that's... Double deuce. Can we name those when we post it, like year two, episode two? Sure. We can do and whatever we'll we want. Just name the po- yeah, we can do yeah. that. You're the boss. You're the owner. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get You're the, the J and JK. That's big. Yeah, it is big. That's big. How many Twitter followers do we have now? I don't we're know. Still... It's like a million. I think we're up to a million now. <laughs> yeah, I know we were at least a double digits. So when you multiply that, it's I don't know. It gets I, I, I'm not gonna lie. Our social media game's a little weak, but it's all about the listenership. It's all about the listeners, Juan. That's yeah. the number that I care about. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. So I was pulling up something here um, on the interweb, and it looks like it wasn't um, refreshed. And the last thing that I saw, it says Antonio Brown asked for release for the Raiders. Right. Say, so, wait a second. He's a he's not a Raider anymore. That's right. He's not a Raider. He's not. No. He's with the Patriots. For now. For now. For now. Um, so yeah, obviously the Patriots are beating up on people. Well, they're beating up. The Dolphins are getting killed by people. Facts. Right. The Dolphins have scored ten points in two games. They scored zero last week against the Patriots. Right. And the week before they might have scored ten. I don't know. The, what a dumpster fire they are. Yeah, that was pretty bad. The. Um, the Dolphins. But, hey, they're tanking for Tua. Yeah, I guess. But in the NFL, is it worth it? Let's say you do get Tua. And the other thing, I've heard people say it may not even be Tua. Some people are saying Jalen Hurts. Or uh, Justin Hebert. That's from right. Hebert? Hebert? From Oregon. Hebert, right? Yeah. Sherbert. No, <laughs> that's definitely not it. <laughs> that's not it. No, I. So it is funny though in the NFL, I, the the whole tanking concept. I mean, clearly they're just shedding players that will, you know, take up a lot of contract room. And I get that's fine, no big deal. But let's say you do tank, you do have the number one pick, you know who you're going to get, you get a quarterback. Well, if he doesn't have any supporting cast around him, it doesn't. That does no you that I can't even talk. Does you no good. And I don't know. I just I don't feel like this is the best way to solve their issues right now. And it's going to take years for them to build. So you accumulate a bunch of draft picks. So what? It's going to take years to build. But are you on the mindset of you get the best quarterback and then you build around them, or you build around the quarterback and then you get the best quarterback? I think it's a combination. I don't think it has to be one or the other. I do think having... A great quarterback makes up for a lot of other deficits. It's more important to have the good quarterback and build around that quarterback than it is vice versa. However, look at what happens when teams like the Colts, who build around Andrew Luck, you know, they're they were Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. I mean, and now they they are not. So it's the problem with that is, again, you lose that quarterback. Look at the Steelers, which we'll talk about in a little bit. You lose that quarterback, and now all of a sudden you're you're done. So 
I don't know. You you gotta have there's 22 people on the field, minimum, not including special teams. The opposite of basketball, you know, you can't. In basketball, you build around LeBron. You build around Kawhi Leonard. That's right. And if you don't have them, don't even worry about it. Right. <laughs> Just go find another one. Exactly. Um, with it. in football, it doesn't really matter. You do need you need everybody. Yeah. It's the perfect team sport. It definitely is. And I mean, the coaching, the scheming, uh, their coaches don't have a bigger impact on the game in any other sport than they do in football. So it's... In all levels? In all levels, absolutely. Absolutely. I would say it's even more apparent the lower the level. I would say a phenomenal coach in, say, high school is going to be more effective than a phenomenal coach in the professional level. Yeah, I guess. I was trying to make the argument of if it was the vice versa, right, of would it be the higher you get, the better the... the um, so the lower, it's all about players. I'm thinking in college, right? In college, if you have better players at Alabama than you do at Northwestern State, you're always going to win, and it doesn't matter who the coach is. It's all about the recruitment of it. Same in Correct. the sense of high school. You could have a great coach, but if you've got Jalen Hurts or Andrew Luck as a quarterback, you're, you're going to win. Yeah. Um, I, so, But in the NFL, everybody is – it's the best. It's like the 2% that have made it from, from college. You know, coaches, I feel like can get away with it. Yes. I think because you're you're correct at the professional level of any sport it is the best of the best at every single position. Mm-hmm. So there is no true weak link. Um, there's comparatively there are, but there's not any true weak. So one great coach, one great player, one great anything doesn't make up for deficits elsewhere. Whereas at the college level, high school level, one single player, one single coach can make up for so much more because there aren't great players at every single position. Yeah. I, I guess it goes back to, and I wish I could find the percentage of it, is how do you judge a, a coach? Um, and it, it's probably the question more of in college football. Um, the three, three aspects, you, categories that you would judge them on is recruiting, um, play calling and in-game, I guess we could call it adjustments, right? right. In-game adjustments or actual game sure. game management. Um, would you say that's 70, what, 60, 30, 10, or 50? I don't know. You know I, th- yeah. those, those percentages, I, I think in college you obviously – the highest percentage um, here was if you had to break down coaches based on how good recruits versus how good he coaches or develop develops talent, right? So would you go 80% coaching, 20% recruiting? Would you go 80% recruiting, 20% coaching, 65 coaching, 35 recruiting, or vice? You know, 
All right. Well, I think we're getting technical, but I think it just depends on the coach. It depends on the team. It depends on the situation. So if you're the best recruit in the country, you don't have to be the best game manager because you already have the best athletes out there Ah, playing. Good point. If you're the best game manager in the country, you may not need the best athletes and the best recruits because you can coach around it. So you're just – it's the sum of all the parts. It goes back to – be good, be the best at one thing, and don't worry about being great at like decent. If that's your theory, if that's your theory, I just choose to be awesome at everything. That way, I don't have to worry about you know not being awesome at a single thing. Yeah, but usually when people do that, they're not awesome. At yeah, but those I are the am, people. So I like to avoid that situation. Those are people that think they're awesome at everything, and then they're horrible at everything. What about the people who know they're awesome at everything and are awesome at they're everything? They're called Antonio Brown and Divas and wide receivers. So let's jump on Antonio Brown just really quick. Let's just yep. touch on it. So last time we were on air, he was a Raider. Yep. Uh, was asking to be released. Mm-hmm. Is it shocking at all that he ended up in New England? No, I, I don't think. It's actually, it was comical when it actually, when it happened and it was official. Like, of course. Right. Like, Everybody joked about it. You'd think that'd be the natural landing spot. So that leads to my next question. Now that Ben Roethlisberger and my Steelers, who I picked to win the Super Bowl, is hurt. We both picked them for the AFC Championship. Correct. We did. Um, I, I picked him to win the Super Bowl. That is not happening now that he's down. But my question is, with the Patriots now, how they're playing, Not, I don't think the signing of Antonio Brown changes this, but... Is there anybody else in the AFC that is even going to compete with the Patriots and the Chiefs? I was going to say the Chiefs would. Um, Patriots and the Chiefs. I mean, that's it, right? I feel like there's nobody else that's going to compete with those two teams. I, I think I select uh, Phillip Rivers and the Chargers, but Melvin Gordon's not playing, so that kind of stinks for them. Yeah. And it's definitely early. It's a long season, no doubt. But, man, they those two teams look head and shoulders above everybody else, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't see anybody in the um, – Cincinnati's look decent. Their wide receiver, um, Ross. Ross, Jordan, John yeah, Ross, he, yeah. He's, he's been looking good. Um, but can you really trust Andy Dalton? No, he has red okay. hair. Of course yeah. not. Do you, we trust anybody with red hair? No. no. Of course not. It's science. Yeah. Um, I, I I can't think of anybody. Uh, definitely nobody in the AFC. I mean, the AFC West is was usually the best division with the Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, and Raiders. Maybe the Raiders actually turned out to be better. They won no, the first game against Lord, the Broncos. No, Lord, no. There's no way. Do you think the the Raiders can make the playoffs? Without? No. No. No, no way they make it. But playoffs. quarterbacks, so speaking of quarterbacks, you got um, Ben Roethlisberger out for the year. Mm-hmm. He's hurt. Um, Drew Brees. Yeah. Drew Brees is out for the year. Yeah, it's um, a bummer. As well. And I think, did I pick him? No, I did not pick him. No, and the good news about Drew Brees is he'll return this okay. season, yeah. which is great. He, I, It looks like he'll probably end up missing six games. Um it's crazy when you look at the Saints' backups. They've got phenomenal backups. Teddy Bridgewater, who has a bunch of starting experience in the NFL, yep. and um, Hill, Taste, Taysom, 
Yeah. Is it Taysom Hill? I don't Hill? see him really. I mean, he is a backup, but he, he plays all the time. Tight end, wide receiver. Right. That's what I mean. He's a football player. He's a Swiss Army knife. He is. That I, They could not have had a better backup quarterback situation. I mean, you can't make up for Drew Brees, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but that's as good of a backup situation as you can have. Um, but it bums me out that teams like Pittsburgh – I mean, yes, I did pick Pittsburgh to win, but – that aside, I hate seeing starting quarterbacks go down for the year or for a long period of time because I just feel like it completely, I don't know, it just ruins the whole vibe for the league when teams like that who have a chance um, to go all the way, just I mean, it, it ruins it. Uh, or it makes better stories. Does it, though? So now we got to watch a backup all year for Pittsburgh? We had to watch a backup in 2001 and end up being that for Drew Bledsoe, and then he ended up being the best quarterback. Ever. Right. I mean, okay. Yeah. I, I guess we'll worry about that when the time comes, <laughs> when playoffs. I, I think a, a team that I did not put on my radar to be good, um, that I think was really through two games, granted, is going to be good out of the Packers. And it's not your, yeah, your grandma's. Packers. Yeah, no. Okay, I, the Aaron Rodgers Packers who are high-flying, great offense. Right. I think it's their defense, and knowing the fact that they have Aaron Rodgers who just knows exactly what he has to do. Right, right. I The NFC is way more intriguing to me than the AFC. The AFC's done, I, in yeah. all honesty. I, It's going to be the Chiefs and the Patriots. I don't think there's – unless there's an injury – I don't see that changing, but the NFC is fantastic. So the Rams, right. yeah, the Rams look good. Cowboys, Rams, Dak, and Cowboys. Them that's look the good. biggest surprise to me how dominant they've been. You've got the Seahawks. Seahawks are the Seahawks. They've yep. looked good. The pack. You're right. The Packers are very surprising. That's great to see. The Bears aren't as good as I thought they were going to be. Trubisky's kind of having a little. I don't know if it's a sec. If it's actually a sophomore slump. Sophomore slump. Which is a great term. Yeah. I don't know. Is that like the freshman 15? It's... Freshman 15, sophomore slump. I don't know what the junior year is, though. I don't know. I'll think of something. Yeah. Junior junkies? Because you went through your slump, so now you're a junkie? No, the the junior high. Oh, junior high. Because you're you're feeling high. Because they're a junkie. uh, From the slump, right, you've turned it around, and so it's your... They're high because they're a junkie. It's okay. Junior junkies. Junior high junkies. <laughs> Junior high junkies. Okay, perfect. Um, and then the senior stumble. And then it's the senior congratulations. You haven't been kicked out of the league yet. Is what it should be. You passed the three-year threshold. I mean, that could be for running backs because running backs have like a three-year average, two, two to three-year average. It's crazy. So if you man. get it to the senior year. Yeah. Um, Good for you. Get you're, paid. You're there. Uh, disappointing teams, NFL Vikings. Feel a bit, a little bit of disappointment with um, their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Case Keenum anymore. Cousins. It is Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. You like that? Uh, yeah, I like that. The NFC. There's some good teams there. The Giants. Hey, quarterback. They're benching Eli Manning this week and go with Daniel Jones. Yeah, which obviously is not a surprise whatsoever. Um, I don't know if I would have... I, well, I don't know if it really matters, to be quite honest. The Giants are terrible. Who cares? If you're going to be bad, you might as well let the kid play. Um, 
I just oh. one more team we forgot about quarterbacks. Yeah, go. Your Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, First don't worry. Game I, of I the didn't year, forget about the Jets. Nick Super Bowl Foles right gets hurt. Yeah. Their quarterback, backup quarterback, though, big fan of him. Huge fan. He's making me a fan of the Jags. <laughs> this guy alone. He, he might single-handedly turn, um, turn me to being somewhat of a Jags, like appreciation of him. Did you happen to watch the end of the Jags game last weekend? I did. It was super entertaining. Um, Marone. Right? Yeah, Doug Marone. Doug coach. Marone. Thank you. I couldn't think of his first name. Um, completely blows the game for the Jags after... Um, what the heck is their quarterback's name? Gardner um, Minch. Minch. Minchu? Minchu. Bless you. I, for some reason, I can never remember Minchu. But, okay, so he leads them on, theoretically, a game-tying drive. Um, all the way down the field was a fantastic drive. He played great. Had a couple huge plays. So they score a touchdown, they're down by one. Instead of kicking the extra point, coach elects to go for two and hands the ball off right up the middle to Fournette after Minshew just led him on this fantastic drive, had a couple great runs, passes. Keep the ball in his hands. He's hot right now. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like Gardner. I mean, is it Gardner? I think it's Gardner. Yeah, Gardner. It, it's Gardner. Yeah, he he was a quarterback with Mike Leach at um, Washington State. Uh, has a mustache. Looks like 45 years old or 50 yeah, years old. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and he he was wearing like a one-piece suit or something or some kind of suit off the airplane. Yeah. And just show un unbuttoned, just showing all his chest hair. And have you heard about his warm-ups and stuff? No. Oh. So apparently his warm-ups consist of, you know, the stretchy bands, uh-huh. but the only thing he wears is his jock strap and stretches <laughs> in the locker room with these bands and just a jock strap on. It, it's amazing. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's been offered by like porn sites to, for them to like film him doing these stretches and the jock strap and stuff, I, a bunch of weird stuff. But I don't know, it's, this legend is growing. The Minshew legend. Yeah, so I I definitely I like though I like Gardner that that's gonna be fun um, watching him. But in typical Jacks fashion, now you've got Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. And saying I want to be traded. This is horrible. He had a fight with Doug Marone on the sideline of that game. Right. I don't know what happened, but like he immediately got up and they both started. Uh, well, he was mad yelling. because he didn't throw a challenge flag, I think, with the play call. I don't have an issue with players yelling at coaches. I don't. I mean, whatever that happens, it's heat of the moment stuff. Who cares? But Jalen Ramsey, since he's been in the league, I've said he just seems like the absolute worst, the yeah. worst teammate, the worst person. He's miserable, and of course, Jags fans loved him, loved him. He's the best. He's the best. He's the best. And then now, sorry. Yeah. I don't think it's going to end well there. Definitely think he's going to get traded. Maybe he'll go to probably go to the Patriots. I don't, I don't think yeah. they would trade him to AFC team, but I could see him get traded to, like, the Seahawks? Somewhere in the NFC. Seahawks, 49ers, yeah. One of those. But Jags, again, dumb. I mean, one side they're good. One side is just ridiculous. So 
overall level of Jags right now, temperature of the Jags. Not dumpster fire, but let's go with dumpster. I feel like the morale with the Jags fans is extremely low. I think the Minshew thing is a cover-up for how bad they actually are. I mean, let's face it, at the end of the day, they still only scored 13 points last week. You know, it's not like he was lighting the world on fire. Foles was their savior. Foles was their saving grace. They're 0-2. So probably the best thing that happened was that they lost that game. Because imagine Minshew comes down and they win that game, right? So they win a 14 no, it was uh they they scored thirteen points. Thirteen. Well, excuse me. I guess it was 12. twelve because they didn't get the two point conversion. So they win a game fourteen to thirteen. Right. You're right. saying if they would have got if, two if point. they would. Okay. So let's right. say he brings them down. They win the game two point. Right. He's the hero. You right. know, Mister. I, I get. I stretch with a jock strap. Right. All this stuff. Jacks fans are feeling great. Yeah. You know, they're 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 jumping on all this false hope and they're annoying. Right. I'm glad they lost. And to make it even worse, I don't think it's the loss part. They're probably like, man, our quarterback's going to be good. That that stung. But I like now it's misery. I like now that it's the Jalen Ramsey saga too. So it they're is. dealing with that, with their savior, Jalen. It's like, it, at least we got a great defense. We just need to shore up their offense and we still got plenty of time. But guess what? Your savior on defense, he he's jumping off the ship. <laughs> yeah, he's, and there's no way he can play this weekend, even if he's not traded. Right? Yeah. I mean, you can't play him if somebody's asked to leave. But I want Minshew to do well. He, I love him. Um, if it means the Jags winning, I'm okay with that. I, I can get on board with him. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah, he's a um, good player. But you never know. Yeah, I, we'll see. Time will tell. But is are the Jags? Who's a bigger disappointment, Jags or the Browns? Your Browns. Uh, I don't know. I think the Browns played a well. They're a disappointment week one, but week two, Odell was playing with the Jets against the Jets. Had a great catches. Had some one-handed catches. Was back where he had all the memories. But they, I didn't watch all the game, but. They destroyed a, a really bad team. Jets team that... Yeah. By the way, Sam Darnold, Mono. Yeah. Mono. I didn't know people still got Mono. Yeah. He was obviously making out with some cheerleader or something. He has red hair, too. He has red hair? Is he a redhead? It's not as strong as uh, Andy Dalton, but... It's not fire red. But it, I think it's pretty close to like Ed Sheeran. Well, it's like a in between Ed Sheeran and Andy Dalton. Ed Sheeran's pretty red, right? Yeah. No, so he's not in between them. I don't know. I, Are you colorblind? Do we need to work on this? Listen, I don't care. Let's. It's irrelevant. Let's not talk <laughs> about people's hair color here and quarterback. But the Jets were bad. The Browns. I still think that I'm holding out. They got too much talent. To not do They got something. waxed week one. That doesn't happen to really good teams. It's week one. I'm going to give I'm gonna give a pass. The Jags, no I will not give a pass. All right. But the Browns, I'm going to hold on to. That's fair. That's so, fair. We'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see what we got going on with the uh, Jags going on. But let's talk and switch our 
our uh, brains here. Switch focus. Switch gears. Switch the gears to other quarterbacks in college football. Oh, boy. I know where this is going. Do you? So, um, Jalen Hurts is playing well over there in Oklahoma. Okay. That's Um, not where I thought this was going. See? I I did that just to do that. But really, it's going to... Let's talk a little about Florida. All right? Let's do it. So, um, Felipe... Florida started off week one against week zero against Miami. Very upset. Very upset, Kyle. At duly noted, you know, that uh, Felipe's antics. Absolutely. Not acceptable. That's right. You know, go there. The next game, he goes out and is like almost has a perfect passer rating, 16-17. Really bad team. Against one of the worst teams one, in the One of the worst teams in college football. That's right. It. Next game is Kentucky away first SEC opponent gets hurt he's out for the year mm-hmm. sad sad to hear so I, I don't really want to get into that the whole Felipe the backup quarterback Kyle Trask comes in they come back they were down 13 17 points something like that and they right and Florida comes back and wins um my question I have two questions number one would do you think the Florida Gators, your team, my our team, would have won that game if Felipe Franks played the entire game. No. No. We we saw what was happening with him. The answer is no. You 100% believe that? Absolutely believe that. Hmm. Absolutely. And do you want me to expand on why, too? or? Yeah, I, I would... I, I don't... I would say I'm 84. I'm 70% there. I agree with you. The other 30%, I would, I would like to counter, but let's go with. It. So Why here's why. Here's why it, and it's not. To be honest, my reasoning has nothing to do with Felipe's play mm-hmm. itself. When you watch Trask come in, it's a completely different quarterback style. So Felipe is your stereotypical Mullen quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's a runner. He throws it. I mean, that's debatable how well he throws it, but you know, he's a quarterback who can run and run it well. Trask is not that guy. Trask is going to sling it around the field. He's got a good arm. Mm-hmm. Um, he can read the defenses. That forces Mullen to call plays completely differently. We needed that. The Gators needed that in order to change up momentum, to score quickly, to sustain these, you know, kind of longer drives. Um, rather than quick three and outs or, you know, mm-hmm. and Sustained so just, drives. just the play of the quarterback alone, the style of play, I think is what won that game. Um, do I think Trask is some phenom quarterback that hasn't been discovered yet? No, because if that was the case, he would have started. Mm-hmm. Felipe is n- not that good, but to, that's a style of football that I like to see. I want to see us slinging around the field. Trask is going to do that. But it's going to... I think this will be a big uh, sign of how good of a coach Mullen is because I think it's going to force him to change his style and what he's comfortable doing. Yeah. So, that's a good point where you're talking about the style and stuff because my second question was along that line of... And I thought this during the game. So... The second question is this. Were the receivers open like that the whole game? 
or did Dan Mullen and the team change their play calling? So, I, I and I know this is a cop out, but I do think it's a little bit of both. I think, and I think that's a great question because we I were talking about. I, I, I was watching <laughs> this with my wife. Yeah. We were the only ones. We were out of town, so yeah. kids were asleep. We were watching it together, and even she made the point. He sees the open receivers, and Franks does not. Mm-hmm. It somebody. You know, again, we, we use that a lot as a barometer, you know, when we use wives or, yeah. you know, other family members that can recognize things. In non-casual fans. The, the non, <laughs> yeah, the super casual fan. Yeah. Um, but yes, he recognize, he can read a defense. And you can just watch him. It doesn't take somebody to know football to look at him in the pocket and tell he's way more comfortable on passing plays than Felipe is. Now... I do think, with that being said, the play calls are different with him, and it was a change that Kentucky wasn't expecting. So, yeah, I, with that being said, I, I don't want to... Yeah, and I don't want to throw it all on Felipe. I mean, believe me, I don't want to see him get hurt and be out for the year. That's terrible. You don't wish that on anybody. But for the Gator offense, I think this will prove to be a good thing in the long run. Yeah. Um, my thoughts are similar to yours. Um, the first thought I had was my optimistic side says we still could have won that game um, with Felipe in there. And the reason was um, they were moving the ball down the field past the 50 every single, pretty much every single drive. The mm-hmm. first drive, they go down there, Felipe, that is 100% on Felipe, throws a very dumb interception when you just need to throw that away. Right. Right. Um, next couple drives, I mean, the next drive or so, they go right down the field again, should have a, I think it was offensive, and let me predicate this with everything, offensive line is horrible. It's not good. The offensive line cannot, they cannot run the ball at all and create any holes, and everybody knows they're, they're going to pass. Right. Right. Um, so offensive line was horrible. He gets sacked. They miss blocks. I'm not going to put that off. You know, that's not yeah. a bonehead move on no, Felipe. No. Other ones, we still drive down past the 50, and um, they miss field goals. You know. Right. Ch- chip shots that you should. They, I mean, they scored a touchdown, right? Florida scored a touchdown with Felipe. Then they have three to six points. Six points that they leave out there on even field goals. Um, the drive that he got hurt, he was still moving like close to the 50 or or more so they were still moving the ball so that that's why i think they still had a shot with felipe to do that um but i I think trask did a very good job and that's where i I don't know if it was dan mullen or the play calling i mean dan mullen the play calling or kyle trask of seeing these open receivers and I, i started counting Kyle Trask was getting the ball out in like two seconds. It was like yes. one, two, go. One, right. two, go. And yeah, that goes to style, but does it also go to play calling? Who knows? Only the couple coaches at UF would actually know that, but it was a welcome change. My other thought is Kyle Trask was a backup quarterback in high school, was like a two to three star, right. like a two star recruit. Came with the McElwain, Doug Nussmeyer area. 
I do not have high hopes for him at all. I think at some point there's going to be tape and he's going to throw a very bonehead pick, oh, almost yeah. like he did on the two-point conversion. But um, I would, I'm interested to see how Emory Jones fits into this equation. Oh, yeah. And if, and if he's ready. Because Emory really is the quarterback that Dan Mullen um, recruited. So I, I know Dan Mullen is big on setting up his quarterbacks to succeed and not putting too much on them, having a lot of confidence, whatever. And so this may be a good opportunity for um, Emory to succeed. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um I'm getting choked up yeah. talking about the Gator quarterback. I would love Kyle Trask to be the guy and say he has a great season and, you know, the maintain. But I also would like to see Emery be, like, just really take that spot and be the next. I mean, he's a higher-rated quarterback. He has all the talent. That's what, you know, we're, we're going to want to see. At the end of the day, Florida just needs a game manager right now. <laughs> well, see, I, I don't know. I, that sounds, in theory, good, but as you mentioned, our O-line isn't great. We're going to have a very difficult time running the ball this year, and if the O-line isn't great, it's, pass protection is not going to be great. We're playing teams with great defensive lines, mm-hmm. defensive fronts. You're going to need somebody back there who can make plays. So I disagree with that, that we need a game manager. Um, we're going to need somebody making quick decisions with the ball, uh, that can create plays, and I don't know what the answer is if it's Trask or Emory because we haven't seen enough of either of them. Uh, they both bring something different to the table, but I, in my opinion, it's not going to be worse than what Frank's had. Is it going to be better? Probably not, because if it was going to be better, I have faith Mullen would have recognized that and would have played them. So... I, I don't know. We're going to have to figure out some sort of combination of play calling and players at quarterback that, you know, help us beat great teams like LSU, Auburn, and Georgia. So, I, beginning of the year, I, I think Florida's um, ceiling was 10-2. and two. No, I would Somewhere agree. There. I would agree. Um, was around the ceiling – most people thought they'd go nine and three, maybe worst case eight, seven and five, eight and four, right? Somewhere around there, right? If things go, if they thought my, if you lose to Miami in the first game, you thought maybe you're gonna end up seven and five or around right. eight and four. So let's go anywhere from ten to two to eight and four. Right. Um, do you still see see them in that range? Are you buying buying the lower end or the higher end? No, 9-3. We talked about this last time. SEC East doesn't... It's not great. It's it's not good. We are better than every SEC East team other than Georgia. Last year, it was proven to us Georgia was the best game that Gators played. We still couldn't win. And to be quite honest, in the fourth quarter, it wasn't even close. I, we have a ways to go to catch them. LSU is a great team. I I still am picking LSU to come out of the West. Um, Auburn's a really good team. Even if we beat Auburn at home, you know, you're jacked up. You play a great game, beat them. Chances are, along the way, you're probably going to slip against a team like a Missouri, a South Carolina, a team you should beat. But, you know, it it's still good competition week in, week out. Yep. I agree with that. 
All right, so um, in other college footballs, let's um, see what else we got here. The top 10 teams, you got Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. Um, still see any concerns with any of those teams? Nope. Um, LSU, number four. Do you, are you buying the Joe Burrow hype after the Texas game? I am. I would put LSU ahead of Georgia. Wow, good. Um, Oklahoma, Ohio State, still looking good. Notre Dame, I don't buy the hype at number seven. They're getting ready to get smoked um, this week by Georgia. Yeah, and, and only because I saw their game against Louisville and I just wasn't wasn't impressed. Auburn, not impressed either. I mean, we're, Florida's number nine. That's not too impressive either. And number 10, Utah. So Auburn's going to be fine. They've got a, a freshman quarterback. The longer it goes in the year, the better they're going to get. Yeah. Eric, I mean, Clemson doesn't play anybody ranked in the top 25 for the rest of the year. And it is – got to figure out a, a change to the schedule. They play A&M. Okay, good. That's a formidable opponent. I get it. But, yeah, their schedule is trash. And there's not a lot they can do about that with the ACC. Mm-hmm. That's not their fault. Um, and I do appreciate the fact that they're going out and scheduling SEC teams. That's great. But, man, it's just – that's hard to see, hard to watch. Yeah. So let's um, let's wrap up the college football here on a couple games um, picks. So let's go. I want to get your, um, your opinion here. Um, one of the main games we have uh, this week is Auburn at Texas A&M. Love it. I actually picked A&M. A&M, huh? Again, we're going back to the you know, the freshman quarterback on the road. Uh, the 12th man, A&M's a tough place to play. I think A&M will get the best of Auburn. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I, I guess I trust um, Jimbo. Jimbo's been a proven yeah. good head coach, especially at home. They have an experienced quarterback. I like right. that. Um, Michigan at Wisconsin, uh, Big Ten, high noon. Wisconsin. Really? Yeah. I I don't believe in Michigan this year. Is it because of the Army game that they played and went to overtime? That doesn't help. Yeah. Well, they had a bye week this week, so you never know. I don't know, man. I They look so bad. And I don't like Wisconsin. They're just boring football. Wisconsin's defense is, I think... In the top defense in the entire I mean granted they've only played two games or three games or however many it's been but um, I don't think have they not a lot of point their their defense is insane yeah they, yeah so they've shut out both teams they've played again not great teams but I mean USF it's not like you know they can score points same sure. thing with Central Michigan it's you know these aren't double-A teams they're playing. Hey, Central Michigan, Jim McElwain playing against uh, the University of Miami this week. There weekend. you go. Offensive the guru, right? Offensive guru. All right, two more games for you. Um, this one's kind of a snoozer, I guess you already said. Notre Dame at Georgia, two in the hedges. Uh, I think Georgia big. waxed, man. I, I just I think Notre Dame doesn't stand a chance. All right, Georgia big. How about this SEC East matchup? Two teams not ranked, but Florida will play both of them. South Carolina at Missouri. Which one do you trust more? Ooh, that's a saucy one. Um, I'll take Missouri playing at home against the Fighting Must Champs. I like I like the Must Champs. I think they uh, well, 
Actually, I take that back. The freshman quarterback looks good that that they have, but they they played decent against Alabama for like the first half or so. Yeah, um, sure. But knowing Muschamp that I know, he'll get them up for a big game the next week. You're just prime for a letdown. Missouri's favored by nine and a half, by the way. Yeah, that's not gonna be good. <laughs> All right, so that gives a little wrap on the college football talk. Um, make sure you uh, take all our picks again in any of your pick'em leagues, and you will be filthy, filthy rich. Do it. Not bad for a little lightning round here, so um, let's let's kick it off, Kyle. Why don't you why don't you start us out with the lightning round? Let's go. All right. So first question I've got for you, Juan. You're a big fan of HBO Hard Knocks. Yeah. HBO has announced that they are now going to follow college teams for one week. Uh, so they'll spend one week leading up to a game with four different universities. They spend time with the coaches, mm-hmm. head coach, assistant coaches, etc. document it, play it the following week. First team out of the gate for HBO, your Florida Gators. Wow. Documenting their week leading up to the big game with Towson. Whoa. Which is next week. Okay. They are filming. So my question is, I want to know your thoughts. As an HBO Hard Knocks fan, what do you think about them following around a college team for a week? I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm glad they're doing it against my team. I'm glad to get it's against a, I'm going to say, lesser team <laughs> That's for fair. that week. Because that I'd be a little fair. more concerned if they're, they're doing it against an Auburn game or an right. LSU game that way. But Hard Knocks does a great job. I love Hard Knocks. I'm a big fan. As long as we have the same narrator that they use for the NFL Hard Knocks, which I believe it's the case. Um, and also another underrated thing about Hard Knocks, they have great music. Like some of their songs that they choose, right? You know, that's where I get the old uh, the old hippie hop or whatever the kids are listening to. Old, based on old hard hippie hop. Yeah. Yeah. I um I don't know the details of the production as far as music and or. Uh, narrators, but I this is something that I think I will do a trial at HBO just to watch. Yeah, you need to. And then the other three teams that I also read were going to be on there is Arizona State, Herm Edwards, right. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and, and no, 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 Washington State. I think it's Mike Penn Leach. State. Oh, not Penn Notre State, Dame. Penn State, and Washington State. Yeah. So you have Leach. James. For a week. You have James Franklin, the Florida Gators, right. James Franklin at Penn State. Um, Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards is going to be good. That's a strong lineup for coaches. That's Mike Leach is going to be great. I'm more excited about Mike. Yeah, I am too. I'd rather watch Mike Leach than anybody else. Herm Herm Edwards. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You play to win the game. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's is and I love. I'm a documented James Franklin fan, so I'm excited. Okay, we'll see that. Well, speaking of uh, our friend Mike Leach. He has some thoughts um, during this week that you can see online of what he thought about because the state of California is trying to pass legislation right now to pay college athletes. Right. A lot of discussion on that. Mike Leach got into it. I think Tim Tebow got into it too. Um, 
What do you think about it, Kyle? I don't know. We haven't spent much time talking about this. It's such a slippery slope when you talk about paying college athletes. I'm. It's hard to argue against capitalism and earning. I I don't know. It's just it's a very difficult thing to do. Mike Leach's points were phenomenal. I loved his. It was what a minute interview, yeah. minute response. It was just strong. All of the points that he made, talking about. Um, you know, the competition, creating the competition gap. Um, and I, I don't know, he made so many good points. It was fantastic. But yeah. competition, I, leverage. Yeah. Um, at what point then? Can you cut them? Yeah. If you start paying them, can you then cut them? Which is true. If you compensate somebody, you can, you can cut them. Yeah. And then do you have a draft, right? Would, would then everybody be right. out? We have transfer portal. So if you're cutting teams, if you're cutting players, excuse me, are they not eligible to go to draft and anybody can go pick them up immediately? Right. Well, and if you if everybody can be paid, do is it fair for the players to pick where they go and play? You right. know, because everybody's going to all the kids as an 18-year-old kid, you're going to go to the school with the biggest budget. So, I don't know. It's it definitely changes the game. It's easier said than done. I get it. People think um, college kids should get paid um, for what they're bringing in, but it's difficult. His comments wowed my mind. Um, and I like when he said, you know, we're going to have to get the lawyers, um, see what they say. He is a lawyer. He went to school right. for law school. Right, right. He he's, went to law school. He's smart. I think he is an underrated coach in person. He's as entertaining as it gets, but he's, he's just pure entertainment. Yeah. I love it. Um, all right, Juan, I got a question for you. Not many of our listeners probably know or care, but USA Basketball, the FIBA championships were this summer, uh, just happened. And uh, for the first time since 2000 and, God, I don't even know, eight maybe, um, the USA men's team lost. And not only did they not get first place in an international tournament, they had they got seventh place, so they lost at least two games, if I'm not mistaken. And really, my question boils down to: Should the USA men's basketball team ever be anything but first place, regardless of who was playing? These are professional NBA players. These are not college kids. Um, we did not have many of our big names playing. But does it matter? Should it matter? I think NBA is a little bit differently different because they have expanded now to international market um, so much. With I mean, the MVP last year was from Greece, right? The the Greek the Greek freak, right? Um, Giannis. You have um, a Hall of Famer, um, Ginobili, or other players that were from you know Argentina. You had. Um, who was the guy, other guy from the Spurs from France? Longoria? Right. Was it Longoria? No, Tony Parker. Tony Parker. Married he to married. Eva Longoria. Um, those guys. So I think in basketball is a little bit different, especially with basketball where you, it's all about the dominant players. So you have like a Greek the Freak or a really the best player on one team. That's going to make the other team better no matter if you have five really good teams on the USA. So I don't take too much weight into it when it's that they're going to come back next 
the next time they do this in Olympics, there's so many other younger players that are gonna gonna play and set it up that it'll be fun. Yeah, it's stupid. We should always be number one, USA all the way. You're right. You're right. All right. So um, last one I got here for you is uh, NFL odds here. Um, you know the gambling addict that I am. Right. So um, there's updated odds right now for the first NFL coach to resign or be fired. Ooh, I like that. So there's quite a bit here, but um, let's start. The best odds is uh, Rivera, Mike Rivera, the Panthers. Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera, Mike Rivera. Really? Yeah. Ron Rivera um, at plus 350. You have uh, Dan Quinn with the Falcons, Um, Jay Gruden with the Redskins, Doug Marone, um, Jaguars, Matt Patricia, with the uh, Lions, um, O'Brien with the Texans, Texans, Shermer with the um, Giants, Giants, Tomlin is on there. Um, so it's just yeah, yeah. I mean, lot, everybody's lot got ones. odds. Who, but... who do you think the 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 worst odds to get, or I guess the best odds to not get fired, right? Is Kingsbury, right? Shanahan. Lafleur, right, and McDermott. Okay. So those are, that's the four ones are the Bills, the Packers, the 49ers, and Cardinals. Yeah, because those are all the teams that are overachieving thus far, or yeah. lived up to the hype. Or so, what coach do you think out of those would probably would you put your money on if you're a gambling man like me to get fired? To get fired or resign first? Oof, um, probably Marone. I mean, I just... Jack's fans. Oh, God. Yeah, after what happened this past week, I mean, he's got to be leading. Dan Quinn, the Falcons can still not just salvage their season, but win. This is their year. Yeah. I mean, they, With Drew Brees year. being out, the Bucks are terrible, the Panthers are not that good. I So I'm not worried about him. Ron Rivera, he may be up there. Um, if the Panthers don't make the playoffs, he might be on the, the list. He might be gone. You know, you got to perform, even though he's done a good job there. As they say, Colin, you've been there a couple more times than I have. They don't build all those casinos and you know monuments there in Vegas for nothing. That's right. They don't build them because they've lost many. Yeah. So I can see uh, Ron Rivera there being it. Marone, I could see him escalating if the Jalen Ramsey thing goes wrong. That's true. If if, what is it, Gardner, uh, Minshew, Cashew, we're going to just call him Cashew. Gardner uh, of the Cashews. Yeah, Gardner, guarding the Cashews. Um, if he doesn't pan out, the hype doesn't pan out, and then Jalen Ramsey's gone, he has to, Murad's got to be gone, right? Yeah, Coffin's I, I just got to. Get rid of him. But Axel. Rivera, if Cam Newton gets hurt this year. He is hurt. Yeah, but he's still going to play. Is he? Yeah. Um, Are are we all accepting the fact that Cam Newton has been overrated for years now? Can we get on that train? Cam Newton is Felipe Franks off the field. Cam Newton is overrated. I'm I'm kind of like we need to stop looking at him like an elite quarterback. But that's just me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Kyle, I think that's. all the time we have for this week. 
So until next time, you guys have a safe drive, commute, however you listen to us, and uh, keep following us.